Hi, welcome to the Story of Cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas, and today I'm very excited to say we're at the International Culinary Center in Soho, New York City. This is where it all started for me. I'm an alumni of this school, and I'm very happy to be able to put my chef coat and my chef hat on, because today the topic is gluten-free, and I'm going to be cooking it up in the kitchen. All right, so come with me. Let's meet the chefs. Hi, and welcome to the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas. So I thought the first stop would have to be with CEO and founder Dorothy Can Hamilton. Nice to see you, Dorothy. Oh, it is so wonderful to have you back. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm so glad to be back. Um, so start off by telling us a little bit about ICC, how it came to be. You know, this is your baby. So it's my it's my baby. So back in 1980, um, I had always loved French food. I went to a British university, which truly made me love French food because I ate institutional English food which yeah. I went with my French girlfriends across the channel and got introduced to the lovely cuisine and uh, I went into the Peace Corps when I came back I decided it would be great to open a French cooking school because I had never worked in a restaurant mm -hmm. and I had worked in schools and I found this incredible school in Paris and I convinced them that I wanted to open a school in New York. And that school actually was a high school. So I took the curriculum. And I've always believed in fast education, total immersion. Yes. And so we took the program from France and made it a six-month program. Oh, wow. And that's the one you went through. Yes, yes. And, and so it is total immersion. It's, it's a difficult program, but, I mean, you learn a lot in a short period of time. And well, quite frankly, people today don't have a lot of time to learn. That is true. And as soon as you, you know, come in and learn the basics, we get you out into a restaurant mm -hmm. and you start your life. Yeah, and you have um, externships as a part of the program now, correct? Well, now, yeah, you spend four months in school mm -hmm. and then we put you in an externship. Because a lot of people come to school and, you know, they don't want to be a restaurant chef. Thirty right. years ago, everybody wanted to be a restaurant chef. But... Yeah. Today, you know, people want to go into media, right. they want to go into uh, even making policy, you know. Um, oh, yeah, they, yeah absolutely. Uh, they, they want to go on TV or work <laughs> behind the scenes. A lot of people want to go into school food and institutional mm -hmm. cooking. Um, there's uh, starting their own businesses. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that right. come here. And you guys are really good at keeping up with that and the trends. and. The one thing we've always tried to do is not follow the industry. We've always tried to be shoulder to shoulder right. or lead the industry. Step ahead, yeah. Absolutely. So, and the great thing about being in New York City, you're in the middle of it. And the people that just come by here to, to visit are extraordinary. Yeah, well, you're, you're deans. How do you well, recruit such incredible... Well, you know, everybody wants to give back. And mm -hmm. chefs especially are very nurturing. So I have chefs 
all the time calling me and saying, I'd love to get involved with the faculty. You awesome. Know? And now we have so many graduates, over 15,000 since 1984, wow. that are really doing wonderful things. They and really they want to get, and they want to, like right now we're doing the farm to table with Dan Barber, mm -hmm. you know, our graduate. And, yeah. um, Daisy Martinez is working mm -hmm. here too, you know, especially with the alumni. Yeah, so uh, it's just a it's it's a wonderfully vibrant place, and that's what I think a school should be. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know? it definitely is. And this one happens to be delicious too. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. And it was French Culinary Institute previously, but now it's International yeah. Culinary yeah. Institute. Yeah, no, well, it's the International Culinary oh, Center. Oh, I'm sorry. And I I'm glad that. you asked about that. Yeah, you went to <laughs> <laughs> Center. No, um, it's kind of interesting because when I started in 84, it was mm -hmm. based on this school in Paris, so it was easy to name it the French Culinary sure. Institute. But at, we've, as I said, we've evolved shoulder to shoulder with the industry. Yeah, that's and what I, yeah. In 84, everybody was cooking French food or going to France and mm -hmm. seeing what was happening. But today, it's no longer the case. We have Italian program, we have Spanish program with right. José Adres, you know. We have a lot of Japanese food. We've really grown with the industry. And the, right now, the world is our classroom. Yeah, well, the great thing about when you do your externship here is you're going into restaurants that are really the benchmark for uh, culinary cuisine around the world. Mm -hmm. New York City is a culinary capital, not just of the United States, but of the whole world. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So how did you grow into such a well-known school? Um, I think I think through a bit of hard work and luck. <laughs> and uh, we were very lucky in 1984 when we opened. Uh, Bobby Flay was in the first class. He was 19, so you can figure the math there, how old he is now. Uh, but more importantly than that, in the very first week we were open, Julia Child walked in the front door. Oh. She had heard this was the French Culinary Institute, and she was intrigued. Mm -hmm. And we made lunch for her, and she was so taken with the school wow. that she put us on Good Morning America. Wow. And she became my fairy godmother. Yeah. And she really, you know, came and visited the school a lot. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Jacques yeah, Pepin is here. Yeah, and in fact, one day she even took me and I she introduced me to James Beard. Nice. And <laughs> I was I was so shocked. I mean, there, there they were. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think most of the professionals who've come across the school have really taken to it. They they get it. They right. understand we're teaching the real techniques, the classic techniques. We have uh, tremendous integrity of product, mm -hmm. and um, you know the food world is really quite small, and we're very supportive of each other. Yes, and so I was very lucky to have Julia as my fairy godmother. That's an incredible story. It is an incredible story. Have you ever cooked for Jacques Pepin? Many, many times. Um, I, I love having chefs over. Uh -huh. I was pointing out a picture uh, in my office here at my house, and I believe in that picture is Alain Ducasse, Daniel Boulou, uh, Bobby Flay, Andre Soltner, Jacques Pepin, mm -hmm. and I can't see who the other. But that was one night at my house for dinner. That's why and I, I wanted to ask you that them. question. I saw that picture. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, no pressure. You know what? It, What'd you make? Oh, I probably made um, a seven-hour lamb stew, which you can make Ooh, the day before. Good. 
and then just heat up because I too get nervous. And if, <laughs> if I was cooking something, I'd probably burn it if it yeah, wasn't cooked in absolutely. advance. But you know, no one ever invites chefs. They're so nervous. Probably now, no one will ever invite you to dinner either. Mm. And you know, they yeah. they just like it. Just make sure you have a good bottle of wine. That's all yeah. they need. I think I, I make my mother-in-law <laughs> nervous now. All <laughs> right. She's like, she's she's paralyzed. She's like, hey, should I chop it like this? I'm like, you've been cooking for 60 years. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome, and they seem like great people, too. They are. Yeah. Chefs are very nurturing. Mm -hmm. I just, when I was in culinary school, Jack Pen would come through class every once in a while, like, pick up a fry, like, when I was in the kitchen, or um, he had some of my, what was it? He had some of my skate, and he was like, he said it was delicious. And I literally almost hit the floor. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was shocking. But if he says it's delicious, yes. it's delicious. It's delicious. He so. said it's the benchmark here. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dorothy. I think I'm going to head to the kitchens now and see what the students are up to. Thank you, Sarah. And you know, we're so proud of you. Thanks. Thanks for coming back to the school. It's been a pleasure. It's been a great morning. So I'm here in the pastry kitchen with Chef Jurgen David. Chef, nice to see you. Nice to see you, Sarah. And today we're going to be learning something really interesting and a popular topic probably amongst a lot of viewers. We're going to be doing gluten versus non-gluten-free pastry, correct? That's correct. So can you kind of walk me through what we're going to do today? So I'm going to give you a quick overview in our 600-hour career program. What's important is that we really cover everything that you need to know in pastry making and since specialized diets have become such a big thing right now mm -hmm. be it vegan be it gluten free mm -hmm. so we have separate modules for all of these things so, so has this been a something that you've always had in your curriculum so this is actually fairly new uh, we did a big revamp of our program mm -hmm. and uh, we're really excited to be doing those things and uh, what we're going to do today we're going to work specifically with gluten-free products we have uh, a compare and contrast scenario going on where each recipe will be prepared uh, three times by each team. So we're going to make biscuits, we're going to make a Genoise cake, and we're going to make peanut butter cookies and chocolate cupcakes. Each of those we're going to prepare as a regular recipe that has wheat in it. Then mm -hmm. we're going to make it gluten-free with okay. whatever alternatives we have. And then the recipe is also going to be prepared with an um, all-purpose blend. Okay. And after they're made, each team will have them out and we'll be able to taste them. Excellent. We have a snazzy chart for them to be contrasting and comparing them. Okay. So that's right here. All right, excellent. And uh, really fun. So that's really, it's cool that ICC is doing this too because, I mean, a lot of these people want to go out and open their own pastry business, right? And you have to, a lot of customers want gluten-free, so you're sticking with the times, which I wouldn't expect anything less of ICC, so that's, that's awesome. Thank you. And you've been here for 19 years, Chef? I've been here for 19 years. So you know you're the expert on everything yes. pastry. All right. So I'm going to be shadowing a pastry student today. Her name is Savita. Very excited to do so. And hopefully I uh, make ICC proud. Yes, I'm sure you will. Thanks, Chef. We're glad to have you. So Savita Bot is my lovely volunteer for the day to uh, shadow the whole uh, pastry process. We're going to be making three versions of buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits, okay. yeah. And two are gluten-free, one is gluten-free. Two are gluten-free. Two are gluten-free. One we're making, my partner Kelly will be making it. It has um, a lot of the gluten-free replacements like white flour, brown flour. Okay. And cool. then one we're making just regular buttermilk biscuits. And then the last one we're doing a replacement of the flour. 
All right, so we have everything ready to go on this uh, first gluten-free version, correct? Yes. All right. If you could cut the butter into cubes, they don't have to be super uniform because they're going to go into That's the food good. processor. You have to remember, I'm a culinary um, graduate. I'm not super uniform. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't really measure things in uh, culinary, right? I'm going to take all the dry, and this is the gluten-free flour blend. Okay. And put them into the food processor. Just like, is this okay? Like this? Yeah. Okay. That's great. And then we can add the butter in. Okay. And we're going to pulse it until it's crumbly. Like when you make biscuits at home. The food processor just makes it easy. Isn't that method called like sable? Uh, yeah, the we sand. call it a cut-in butter cut method, in. but to make it sandy. And I love that we're making buttermilk biscuits because that's very much like traditional from where I'm from, right? Yeah. Virginia buttermilk biscuits. I'm from Texas, though. So. Oh, yeah. They eat a lot of buttermilk biscuits in Texas? A lot of biscuits. Oh, well, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, I'm going to use your towel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can get you some towels. It's okay. All right. I'm good. So here it is. Um, okay. Sandy or gooey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we're going to just add that back into this bowl. No. So, when we did it in culinary school, we had to like just take the thing and just go like this with our hands. That's why it was called sable method. Oh, okay. That is so much easier. It is a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. A and lot probably, of the tricks of the trader having yeah. tools, which is great. None better than your hands, though, right? That's so true. So what kind of things do you post on your blog, like just pastry recipes, or do you do all sorts of different recipes? I like to switch back and forth. I think my first one was about ribs, uh, but I've made... As a Texan, should yes. have her first blog about ribs. <laughs> I've made some scones and cookies, yeah. things like that. It's usually food that I've lately become obsessed with. Yeah. Um, Good. And I want to figure out the best yeah. way to make it. Yeah, cool. So, if you want to add in... Slowly. Oh, yeah. and a well. Create a well. Creating Is that a well. what we're doing? Yes. Just like if you're making pasta? We're going to add it in. I've never made pasta. That's oh, you should. That's the thing should. we get to do in culinary. <laughs> um, it's really actually kind of difficult, I think. Really? You can pour it all in, actually. Oh, and then we're going to just stir to combine. Yeah. Smells like home. I use buttermilk in everything. 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 Oh, gosh. Buttermilk, lard, and bacon. Is that the type of cooking you like to do, southern? Yeah, I mean, if I, I like to do all types of cooking, honestly, but if I'm like really just craving something and just want to get in the kitchen and cook, it's definitely going to be something southern and horrible for you. <laughs> I also like that the program teaches us things like gluten-free, especially now, I think. A lot of people expect that when they are going into... Yeah, that's what we were talking about with Jeff Jurgen this morning. I mean. Well, um, the ICC is really good at adapting to those types of things because you have to stay with what the customers want, right? Because probably I think most of your classmates want to open their own pastry business. And if everybody comes in wanting something gluten-free, which everyone does now, you can't be like, no, you have to eat what I want. I mean, I guess you could. You'd be a really you good can. pastry chef, but you wouldn't have any customers. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's nice. And we just did a menu project, and we talked a lot about having options for... Mm -hmm 
all types of people coming in, so something yeah. that's gluten-free, something that's nut-free, mm -hmm. things with or without chocolate. Yeah. Don't understand not liking chocolate, but some people don't. Yeah, and you do vegan things as well. Yeah, vegan things. That would be a really hard way to make pastry, I would imagine. That'll be an interesting day tomorrow yeah. to find out. Oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm meeting the dough right now. As Chef Jurgen said, you can't really over-mix gluten-free right. products, but if you're making traditional biscuits, which we will. Um, and tell, tell everyone why you don't want to, like, traditional, non-gluten-free, why you don't want to over-mix it. Uh, the more agitation that you give to flour and liquid, the more gluten proteins it will form. Uh -huh. And that will make things tough. Um, gluten adds texture and structure, so yep. the more you add, the tougher it will become. Right. And this is what it is because you can't add that to non yeah. gluten free products. So this is pretty wet. I'm going to add some flour so that we can roll it out. Uh, it's going to be three fourths of an inch thick. So, what's your favorite kind of pastry to make? Uh, my favorite right now is Venoiserie, so that would be like croissants or Danish, things mm. like that. That was also one of my favorite things about culinary school. When we were in, I think, level three or four, we were right across the hall from the pastry, or not the pastry, the bread the kitchen. kitchen yeah. Oh my gosh, so we knew when like the fresh bread was coming out, and on croissant day, mm. we're like that too. We're hot. Oh my gosh. Pretty bad. They know us down there. Yeah. And they don't let any bread go to waste. So at the end of the day, you can go by, like, on your way out the door and pick up, like, a bag of croissants or whatever they made that day. It's amazing. They're very good down yeah. there. And then the rest, they donate? What, they do something uh, with. Before, it used to go to La I think now they donate it. Yeah. <laughs> Juliana actually did the bread program before she did the pastry program. That's what I want to do. Yeah. The bread program. So this looks about three-fourths of an inch thick. I think we can start cutting them out. Okay. We'll steal the cutter back from my partner. When you're done. Kelly, we need the cutter. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move this and bring our sheet pan over Thank if you, you want to. you want me as close as no access? Yes, that'd be great. So we need to stock. <laughs> it is stuck. I think we need to maybe put flour on the, on the cookie cutter. Yeah. Such cute little biscuits. They are adorable. <laughs> That'll make it easy. Right. Now we're going to brush these with heavy cream, which will make them shiny. Okay. Amazing. So it's I've never brushed biscuits with heavy cream before. Really? Is that a gluten-free thing, or is it just a something I should know about pastry thing? <laughs> um, there are, I think, a variety of washes you can put on things, like egg washes or butter. Butter. Before I always baking. put butter, yeah. Um, I think that I've done heavy cream before at home, and it makes them pretty glossy, which is nice. And a oh, nice option a if you tip. don't want to use eggs. Um, well, that's a good if you point. egg-free. Yeah. Well, not vegan actually. No, Scratch no that. vegan. You gotta study for before tomorrow. So I know, can, I know. It's vegan class day. Gotta read the book. So, those look ready to go. Yeah, I'm gonna put them in the oven at 400 for 10 to 15 minutes. Cool. So I smelled chocolate and I had to come over here. Julia, what are we doing? We're making um, gluten-free cupcakes and um, a blend of uh, different flowers and cupcakes and okay. then normal chocolate cupcakes. 
All right, and um, what's in the gluten-free cupcakes? Because that's pretty interesting. These one, this is a blend of the flour. So this is um, AP flour, but it's gluten-free. Uh -huh. These ones are black bean cupcakes. You hear that? Black bean cupcakes. So you made them out of beans. That's yeah. interesting. So those are gluten-free also. Uh -huh. And then those are just plain, normal cupcakes that are used with regular flour. Awesome. Thanks, Julia. You're welcome. I smell the peanut butter cookies coming out of the oven, so I gotta go check that out. So now we're with Janae. She's making gluten-free peanut butter cookies. Yes, this is actually my first sort of gluten-free recipe that I'm working with. Wasn't too sure about it, but it turns out that they actually are pretty good. Well, now that I touched this, I can't put it back. You can't put it back. Gotta eat a cookie. How's it taste? It tastes great. I can't even tell that it's gluten-free. Seriously. Yeah, there's a lot of different flowers in it, and I wasn't, like, again, I wasn't too sure about how it would come out, but it came out really well. Even the texture's really good. Yes. We yeah. have to up the ante on the peanut butter, though, just a little bit. Well, you added fat, so there you go. That's exactly. Okay, thank you, Janae. No problem. So I have one more station to hit. Let's go check it out. It's the Genoa Cake, classic French cake. So Gail's here, and she's going to tell me a little about this Genoise cake that she's made. Uh, so it's basically an uh, egg form cake uh, made of eggs, sugar, flour, a little bit of butter. Uh -huh. um, it's a sponge cake. It's a classic, classic yeah. French French cake. And mm -hmm. I can't even tell the difference, so you must have done a good job. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So now I'm going to head back over to Zavita and smell those biscuits, so I think they're out of the oven. So the fruits of our labor is done. The biscuits are out of the oven. Zavita, let's, let's have a look. What else do we have to do? So these just came out. We're going to brush them with butter, if you want to brush a few. Sure. So they got the heavy cream when before they went in, and now they're getting butter. Uh, Chef Jurgen said that makes them just that much better. Chef Jurgen would be correct, I think. I guess that's why he's the head chef, huh? I guess we're supposed to eat them later. But I think you can sneak one now if you want to. After I touch it. That's what I did with the <laughs> peanut butter cookies over there. I was like, I've already touched it, so I don't have to eat it. Mm. Mm. Don't let anyone see us. So good. They're really good. Just like a biscuit texture. Awesome. And they look just like a biscuit. Mm-hmm. And, and open like a biscuit, which is great. I'm a fan. All right, Savita, these were fantastic. Good job. Thank, Thank you, you so it. much. We did it. Now let's go taste with the rest of the class, even though I've tasted everything already. <laughs> let's go taste some more with the rest of the class and try all these non-gluten-free and gluten-free creations. So let's take a quick look at the uh, quick guide for the gluten-free flours. Right, we have a nice long list here. There's more than that. And you know, what's really good about this chart is that it gives you the flavor profile, what the combinations are to use it with, what you're using it for, how much the weight per cup is, because very often you'll run into recipe in cups, and then storing suggestions to have make sure that it has a nice long shelf life. So use this as a reference, this is very good. Okay, this will be your friend, okay? Okay, dig in. <laughs> dig in. Do you want me to pass them down to you? Hmm? You're welcome. I'll take this extra tall one. Okay, so we can go over this, right? The first one, the really tall one, that was the regular recipe yes. with gluten. 
nice and tall. See the color that it gets also, it's nice and well, it's well browned. Then the second recipe is the AP blend. And then the last recipe, that's a little taller than the second one. What I can tell you about this is it has a santan gum in it, which gives it a little bit of that too. So. Thank you so much, Chef. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys, for having me. We learned a lot about gluten versus non-gluten um, pastries. I can't wait to try this stuff at home. Thank you for joining me on the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas. And just remember, behind every story is a great recipe.